Welcome to youth-led worship. Jesus said, come. To the light-hearted and to the heavy-hearted, he said, come. To the well-off and to the cast-off, he said, come. To the young and old, he said, come. To the faithful and the faithless, he said, come. Come to me, all who you labor and are a burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, let us keep our attention on Jesus and let us worship as we sing. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. These are the commands, decrees, and laws your Lord directed me to teach to you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess it, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. The second reading this morning, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. The truth is not in that person. But if anyone, oh, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus said. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. With the focus of today's sermon based on the word covenant, I wanted to define it and make sure we all understand what the word means. The word covenant is a meaning of coming together. It presupposes two or more parties who come together to make a binding agreement with detailed promises, stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities. When I think of covenant relationships in my life, three examples pop up in my mind. The first is the influence of family on my faith. My mom's side of my family has been the guiding factor to my faith in Christ. And even though my dad doesn't share the same connection to faith that I do, he has still been a major role model to me. I've been molded by my family's faith my whole life, beginning with my grandparents, Bernita and Jim Hostetter. Every Sunday in church, my mom, Jennifer, sister Hannah, and brother Sam would enter the sanctuary and begin walking to the front left side. We would then usually see my grandma, grandpa, and my uncle Mike sitting or standing, depending on how late we were, in the second or third pew where they're sitting today. This, is, this consistent routine of our spot placement was a key characteristic about our family and something that has been passed down. With my grandparents not being here with us anymore and my brother being in college, the number of Hostetters and Aberbucks have been reduced to a few. My grandparents and my mother have taught me how to love God and believe in Him, but now I have come to a point in my life where I am beginning to see my own story being told and my connection with God began to shape around my life. Although this journey is still a work in progress, 
I see God guiding me down a path that is making it easier for me to learn and grow in a covenant relationship with God. The second key covenant in my life is my love for football. Football has become a major focal point in my life, and with God overseeing my daily routine, it is important to be mindful of God's ongoing presence in my life. One way I do this is to think of God every time I put on my uniform. In case you don't know, there's a lot of layered padding being worn when playing football. On my pair of cleats, I've written the Bible verse Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 on the side of them in black sharpie. The verse says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his almighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This verse represents the layering of the football pads and being able to protect players from harm. Whenever my teammates see my cleats, they always ask, what is written on your cleats? I reply by saying, it is a Bible verse that basically represents putting on the armor of God. Sometimes my teammates will go a step further and try to pronounce the word Ephesians by saying Ephesians or Epesans. And I always get a kick out of it. I use this verse because it reminds me that God is with me and protecting me whenever I step onto the field. This leads me to talk about the covenant that I have with my teammates. Being new to the game, I've begun to realize the importance of the position that I play as an offensive lineman. My teammates rely upon me to do my job as I rely upon them to do their job as well. If I don't block my opponent, one of my teammates is at risk of being tackled or even hurt. In a scene from the movie The Blind Side, Michael Orr, the main character, who plays the same position as me at right tackle, receives a lesson about the importance of covenant when it comes to blocking his assignment. Well, they still look good coming off the bus. They'll be terrified till they realize he's a marshmallow. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Give me a minute, Bert. We're in the middle of the practice, Leanne. You can thank me later. Michael, do you remember when we first met and we went to that horrible part of town to buy you those dreadful clothes? And I was a little bit scared and you told me not to worry about it because you had my back. Do you remember that? Yes, ma'am. And if anyone tried to get to me, you would have stopped them, right? And when you and SJ were in that car wreck, what did you do to the airbag? Stopped it. You stopped it. You stopped it. This team is your family, Michael. You have to protect them from those guys, okay? Listen. Okay. Tony, here's your quarterback, all right? You protect his blind side. When you look at him, you think of me, how you have my back, how you have his, okay? All right, Tony, go back. All right. 
Oompa Loompa here is your tail bat. When you look at him, you think of SJ and how you've never let anyone or anything hurt him. You understand me? All right. Go back. Got it? What about Collins and Mr. Toon? Fine. They can be on the team, too. Are you going to protect the family, Michael? Yes, ma'am. Good boy. Then go have some fun. your players, Bert. He tested 98% in protective instincts. I said you could thank me later. It's later, Bert. In this scene, Michael continues to make mistakes and continues to struggle. His coach finally comes onto the field and gets in his face about doing his job correctly but the same results happen. It is not until his foster mom comes from the bleachers and onto the field to help him see how his blocking assignment is the same as his family covenant. She correlates his teammates with his family and uses his brother and mother as examples of how his relationship to his teammates corresponds to that of his family. Once he gets the covenant relationship, he is able to succeed in his role of blocking. What do you do to be reminded of God's presence and involvement in your life? Do you read the Bible, pray, worship, keep covenant as a congregation? These are all ways to keep God close with you wherever you go. My third key relationship in my life is my relationship with God. Like my mom has told me, God puts you on the earth for a reason. I believe that my life isn't for my own fulfillment. There have been times where God has put me in a position where I could use the tools he has taught me to better others and serve the community through him. A key example is my position as student body president at Santa Rosa High School. I could use this position as one where students look up to me as a role in which I serve them and my school to the best it can be. As the president, I am in charge of making sure 2,000 students feel safe and comfortable whenever they step foot on the school's campus. This example of caring for an assembly this big relates to how God cares for his people. I listen to what the students want and need to make their experience at school better, such as God listens to what we need in our daily life through prayer and confession. The covenant I made to the students at Santa Rosa High School is the same covenant that God made with me. God has taught me that to be the best leader, I must be able to follow. When I'm able to follow God, he is able to show me the way, the truth, and the life. Whether it is being the best brother to my siblings, being a leader on the football field, or being the best child of God that I can be, God's covenant surrounds my life and how I live for him and those around me. Amen. Good morning. 
Today, I want to talk about the difference between involvement and commitment. For example, let's discuss what you had for breakfast this morning. Suppose you had bacon and eggs. You could say that the chicken was involved in laying the eggs, but you would have to say that the pig was committed. <laughs> as Christians, some may define commitment as someone who always has a strong faith in Christ and not just a Sunday Christian who only seeks God once a week. I find that a strong relationship with God makes me who I am and influences how I act. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it states, Whoever claims to live in Christ must live as Jesus did. This verse caught my attention immediately because it reminded me of how many peers in my school claim to have some sort of faith but do not act on it whatsoever. They may go to church on Christmas and Easter, but when it comes to showing respect or kindness or care for others, they lack an understanding of following Jesus' principles. Growing up, I have noticed that it has been harder for me to live as a Christian compared to my two older brothers. When I was in sixth grade, the youth group came to my house for summer swim parties. There would be around 20 kids or more, and they would have a barbecue and go swimming. Our current youth group has about half the amount of kids that consistently come to youth group. In addition, my brother had multiple youth group members who went to the same high school as them. I can only think of two people that I've grown up with that both attend this church and go to my school of about 1,500 students. It's harder because there are fewer people my age who share my commitment of faith or reinforce it. There seems to be some kind of stigma associated with being labeled as a Christian. For example, I've had someone say to me, oh, you must not be able to do anything this Sunday because you have church. One of my closest friends is Garrett, who recently started his college career at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. We keep up with each other on a weekly basis, giving updates on what's happening. I remember asking him what his favorite part about going to Baylor was. I expected him to answer, going to the football games, because he is, because he's into sports and Baylor is currently a top-ranked team in the nation. To my surprise, he answered, honestly, I enjoy the kind of people here way more than compared to Santa Rosa. Gary was a popular kid in high school, and everyone got along with him, so it was no surprise he was making new friends quickly. I asked him why he enjoyed the people there to, more, to which he responded, so many more people here embrace their faith, and they are genuinely good people. I was excited for him, and at the same time, wished that I could have had such an experience. Because of this, I decided to make Baylor one of the schools I applied to. Here in Santa Rosa, I don't have many friends who take their faith seriously and the ones I do are far, few and far between. That is why, for me, it is so important that I attend church weekly, go to youth group, and spend time with those who share my belief in service, such as on our Mexico mission trips. Perhaps the strongest attributor to my commitment as a Christian is the fact that I have raised, I've been raised in a supportive and nurturing home. Since I can remember, I have been attending church with my family, and when I became old enough, I joined the youth group. My parents taught me that we must pray before each meal, and when I need guidance, that I should go to God through prayer. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it speaks of passing on God's teachings, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. My mom and I talked over what this means that it is important to teach children how to live with God and act on his words. My mom not only told me what this means, she and my dad lived it. My parents did an excellent job of teaching my brothers and I. 
When we were younger, we would have little devotion sessions as a family a couple times a week. We would gather in our bedroom and read the Bible and discuss some verses. Another thing my mom did was put up decorations above our door frames in our house with, with Bible verses on them. One that I see every morning in our kitchen reads, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This gives me a sense of comfort before leaving for the day. Simple reminders like that are so important, and I never truly realized it growing up. Next year, I plan on heading off to college, and I'm going to make sure I keep up with attending church, praying, and reading the Bible, as I do now at home. In high school especially, I have learned that without a group of people who share faith, it can be hard to live how Jesus did. Having a group to back you up or reinforce you can be the leading factor in success. My sophomore year of high school, all of my football and basketball buddies decided to take men's choir to get our art credit out of the way. (laughs) None of us took it seriously, and we were often scolded by the teacher for misbehaving. But we made up the majority of the class, so her corrections had little effect. (laughs) Unlike my friends, I enjoyed the class and decided to take men's choir again my junior year. Because all of my buddies had left the class, I figured that it would be easier to improve my skills. This ended up being the case, and I auditioned for the Advanced Chamber Singers last year, and I was accepted, which is the class that I'm currently taking. Being accepted into this advanced choir group gave me a sense of accomplishment. While I was both honored and humbled by being selected, it was very gratifying since I had stepped outside of my comfort zone and tried really hard. Likewise, I'm not always in my comfort zone being known as a Christian at my school. However, I will always proudly pronounce myself as a Christian and take comfort knowing that I will be rewarded for believing that Christ is my Savior. So being involved with something or participating in an activity is one level of relationship and can still include an emotional connection or personal attachment. And don't get me wrong, involvement and participation are an important part of a successful activity or endeavor. But commitment, that's what takes a relationship to a higher level. Commitment means being dedicated to a cause making a pledge or promise, possibly even making an obligation that restricts your freedom of action. As Christians, while it's important for us to be involved and participate together in praising and worshiping God, it is equally important for us as individuals to be committed to try and live and act as Christ wants us to and calls us to, and to pass these examples on to our future generations to further his kingdom until his return. Amen.